mention 26 January or Republic Day to any Indian and they would say parades. After all, parades and Republic Day are literally synonymous in our country. Ah, parades. Grand processions that mark people's celebrations since time immemorial. Markers of battles won, creation of a nation, a war ended, a nation's military or cultural identity in times of peace, or as in many cases, plain, simple, jingoistic political propaganda. All made ready for public consumption in form of a parade. Think famous carnival parades, like at Rio de Janeiro or the Mardi Gras in New Orleans, or the Venice Carnival. Military parades at the Kremlin or in Beijing or our very own Republic Day Parade. Or perhaps that most poignant of parades in which Jesus Christ and the two convicted thieves were publicly humiliated as they were forced to carry their crucifixion crosses to Mount Golgotha, where the Lord was crucified. Speaking of the Romans, let us go back in time to the Roman Empire. During the times of the Roman Republic, when the Senate would honour their military generals with triumphs. Where triumphs, grand processional celebrations were the highest honour. Accorded to a general returning home after having won significant battles for Rome, and in the glory of the Roman people. To be accorded a triumph on the return to their homeland was the pinnacle of a Roman general's career. Recall the triumph of the fictional general Quintus Arius in the classic movie Ben-Hur. Generally, on the day of the triumph ceremony, Rome would celebrate a holiday. Starting at the triumphal gate of the city of Rome, where these very elaborate processions would begin via the sacred path through to the temple of the Roman god Jupiter, the crowds would line up on both sides. The general being accorded the triumph would usually be on a golden chariot, drawn by four dazzling white horses. Dressed in his purple toga, a laurel, the traditional Greek symbol of a victor, a ring made with the leaves of the auspicious plant laurel nobilis, would be placed on his head, marking him as what we now call laureate. He would be surrounded by his personal guards, all marching in a military procession, trumpeteers and the military bands striking the tempo for the soldiers to march, heralders shouting out names of the many battles won by the general leading to his final victory, gaily dressed dancers, slaves of both gender being paraded in chains, especially the members of the vanquished royal families, wagon loads of jewels and rich treasures bought from the faraway conquered lands, and obviously the most exciting thing for the citizens of Rome, the many unseen animals, birds, and in some cases, even trees, uprooted from the conquered continents, were part of the parade. And all this, while the people, loving every moment of the parade, cheered, Yo triumph! Ending with the marching contingents of the rest of the general's troops. At the temple of Jupiter, the general would present his laurel, gold and other offerings to the deity, including sacrificing some of the prisoners of war and proceeding to the grand feasts organised for each section of the marching contingents. Historically, Pompey, Julius Caesar, Augustus, all were honoured with grand triumphs. Pompey, for instance, in his life had three triumphs, each one after his spectacular victories in Africa, Europe and in West Asia symbolically conquering the globe.
Romans of the time did remark that Pompey got a triumph before he even got a beard. At his first triumph, Pompey came with what seemed like all the riches of Africa. The most curious? Well, the elephants. But a very funny incident happened. When he, not the only ruler to underestimate these giant yet gentle creatures, decided to proceed through the triumphal gate using four elephants, rather than the usual four horses. However, since the gate proved too narrow for these gigantic tuskers, he had to change back to horses in the middle of the parade. LOL. His third triumph lasted for two whole days. Such was the scale of war bounty, with such a huge amount of loot and spoils that had to be shown to the citizens of Rome. Pompey's triumph was also marked with a rare show of clemency. The captives of war were paraded not in chains, but in their native garb. And instead of the expected execution at the Temple of Jupiter, they were sent back to their homeland. All except the royal families. But grand as it was, there were others who outdid Pompey. Julius Caesar, for one, had four triumphs to his name. As was the custom of the day, his face was painted red in the likeness of Jupiter, and his soldiers brought up the rear, singing rude and often outright lewd songs, something along the lines of, Romans, watch your wives, the bald adulterer is back home, he has spent your gold in Egypt and now is back for more. Well... We hope you like this little bit of history and will be back for more. This was all for today. See you soon with another tidbit of a grand old parade.